Alrighty, let's talk about language being offensive. Yeah, I'm down to I'm down to talk about that. So here's what I'm going to lead with: that language or the words only have the meaning that you give it. So you decide what the meaning of a word is and therefore it's you deciding whether it's offensive or not. So let's let's look at some examples. Um, a, a good one that came up uh, a couple of days ago that someone said to me was sick. Now think of the Think of the different ways that word can be used. So you, when you say to someone, oh, you are sick, that that is sick. Oh, my God, no, nah, I'm done. That's sick. So depending on the context, your tone of voice, your body language, the word sick, the meaning you're giving it and therefore the way you're using it, could be to say that it's disgusting to you, it's, you know, uh, repulsive, it's, you know, filthy, gross, get away from me, that kind of meaning. You could have someone, you know, watching a uh, an event and they're doing stunts and someone does a stunt and the person goes, holy shit, that was sick. That was amazing. So you can see the meaning to that person, same word, and yet it has an entirely different meaning. And then, of course, you know, you, tur- you turn up to pick someone up to go out to dinner and they're laying in bed with a tissue up their nose, looking like death warmed up, and you go, oh, holy shit, you look sick. So it's another meaning again that, you know, you're not necessarily... If you're a good mate, you're not necessarily calling them repulsive or disgusting, nor are you saying that what they're doing is is amazing or brilliant. You're literally saying that there is uh, an illness of some description attacking them in their body. So therefore, if you think about that, that's the reason that it's so important for you to, for everyone, to actually start to slow down the processing of communication. You know, when someone says something to you, give it a second because how they mean it and how they say it can be two different things. How they mean it and how you think it means can be two completely different things. That's the reason that we have so many disagreements, isn't it? Is simply because of the meaning that we've given the language. If someone says to you, you know what, you should just shut up. You're going to be listening, aren't you, for the tone and the context. However, what's the meaning of just those words? You need to just shut up. Now, that could be someone being aggressive, you know, and the meaning you give it could be quite... Um, aggressive, shut up, or they're going to hit me, kind of, or they'll make me shut up, that kind of thing. Or you need to just shut up. Could be that they're actually trying to hear something, a noise, and you're being too loud. So they're saying, hey, can you just like, shh, for a sec, I'm listening. You need to just shut up. Can be a protective thing. You know what, you're, you're running your mouth at the moment and someone behind you who shouldn't overhear it, is going to get really pissed off. 
So right now, real quick, I just need you to shut up. So it all comes down to the meaning that we personally give our language. That's what gives it the power, right? So we can start thinking about that when we are the speaker and when we're the listener. Before we get um, offended by something, how about we get curious first? What are other meanings that that word could mean? What's the structure that, you know, or what's the belief system that has led that person to feel that that word means X, Y, Z? Because there's always, there's always so much more that's underneath the language. The language that we use when we speak, you know, that's just the, uh, that's the effect of the internal processing. So we feel something, then we attach it to this memory that we might have of something. Then we start to build up whether we're going to act on it or not. What's the physiology? And do, does it all match? And then finally, we have, you know, a response or a reaction. So there is so much more to the, the inner process or the scaffolding of what's going on underneath a person's language. So when you hear something, take a pause and think about what's that actually meaning. And if you're not sure, before you react with what it means to you, what is wrong with asking for clarification? You know, answering something like, okay, when you said, I should just shut up, like, what are you meaning by that? Are you mean, are you threatening me or is it a protective thing? What is going on underneath there? Now, I mean, I'm using a pretty benign kind of example there, but do you see the difference? So often we react because we've given meaning to something someone said. We've given it meaning and then we react with, within that meaning framework. And yet it could be completely out of kilter with what the other person meant. And yet we react without any real proof or evidence. So if you don't know 100% that that's what they meant, then perhaps you owe it to yourself to ask. Be brave. Be courageous. Be an exceptional communicator and get the evidence, get the proof, so that you can respond appropriately, yeah? And so do the same when you're the speaker. When you want to say something and you want it to land, actually pause, actually take a breath and think about the words you're about to use and what you really mean by them. Oh, 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 do not get me started, I say to myself. Of course, I'm going to get started. A really good one is that passive-aggressive bullshit that so many of us have been responsible for, let's be honest. You know, when someone sort of says, uh, oh, you know, you should have asked. I, I would have helped you. And you go, oh, no, nah, don't worry, I'm fine. Like, bullshit, you're not fine. <laughs> what are you actually saying? 
Because if you're saying, no, I'm fine, and then underneath it all, you're expecting a different response from that person, then you are playing mind games and you are not being an effective communicator. You're expecting other people to get into your mind and do guesswork. And yet we're so protective of that at the same time, aren't we? When someone makes an assumption about us, we can get offended at that too. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm thinking. How dare you make an assumption? And yet in some of the language we use, we assume for them to make an assumption. And here's another really easy example. If um, And I've done this with my husband and, you know, I'm getting better at it now. <laughs> Sitting on the couch, you know, it's the end of a long day. It's the evening. We've had dinner. Everything's done. We're both tired, feet up, watching some TV. And I really feel like a cup of tea. I really just want a hot cup of tea to, you know, finish my day. But I cannot be fucked getting up off my butt. I'm too tired. But I really want that cup of tea. So I have two options. I, well, three actually, don't I? I could get up, I could get off my butt and go and make a cup of tea. <laughs> I could turn to my husband and say, hey, honey, I really feel like a cup of tea. Would you mind making that for me? And this is hard for people to do because we, when we risk rejection, we go into protective mode. No one likes to be rejected. And so we get scared that we'll be rejected and avoid putting ourselves in a position where it might happen. But I could do that, couldn't I? I could ask that, honey, could you make me a cup of tea? And then my third option is big yawn. Oh, so tired. Oh, I'm exhausted. And yet all I really want is a cup of tea. I'd kill for that right now. Hmm. I might get up and get it in a minute. And this sort of passive aggressive bullshit (laughs) is the mind's way of being a coward because I don't want to put myself in a position where I might get rejected. I don't want to feel guilty that he's tired too and, and yet I'm too lazy to get up. So instead of facing my demons in the moment, I become, you know, mind game bullshit person and use phrases like that because what I'm wanting him to assume is that I want a cup of tea and that he'll say, oh, no, don't you get up, honey. You sit there. Look, I'll go and make one for you. How would that be? Oh, would you really? Are you sure? Like That is such shit, right? You know it. You know what I'm saying. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Thanks, honey. And so that is not open, honest and effective communication. Yes, it's a bit of fun and games, I suppose, that all, you know, couples do at all different times. However, I want you to think about Whilst that example may seem really quite innocent and benign and a bit of fun, you know, it does set the groundwork for bigger things, bigger situations, bigger problems that assumptions can be made in communication. And now if he's picked up, if I've used that to get a cup of tea and he's picked up on it before, 
then when other things happen, bigger things happen, and he does not pick up on my assumptions because perhaps he's got his own shit going on, then I can start to get quite annoyed and angry at that and let that fester. And Do you see how it can just lead to some really murky water? Because when you set up a certain type of framework for communication, it starts to be cross-contextual. And that same kind of assumption crosses boundaries into other areas of your life. And then when, when it's not getting picked up on, we put ourselves into a victim mindset. We become the martyr then of, oh, God, I just have to do everything myself. No one else is looking around and, and thinking about what has to be done. And my, my question, my answer to that is, well, did you ask? And again, it comes back to no. The person or myself did not ask for fear of rejection and the guilt that comes with that word, oh, well, I really should do it myself. See, there's so much intention wrapped up in language. It's not actually about the words themselves. It's the intention and meaning that's behind it. What are you giving it? What power are you giving it? So, uh, you know, as I said, I've been working on that. And if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm too tired, I don't want to get off my butt and I would really love a cup of tea, I step out of my comfort zone and I ask my husband, fully knowing that he could be tired too. However, then that's the ball's in his court then, isn't it? It's up to his um, decision whether he's going to be courageous or not as well. Because what would happen if he turned around and said, oh, honey, you know, I'd love to make you a cup of tea. However, my feet are killing me. I, I really just do not want to get up right now. So he's risking, isn't he? He's risking that I might get the shits and go, mm, my feet hurt too. And where do we get? Where do we end up? Fucking nowhere. <laughs> and yet that is truthful communication. That's real communication. And it sets a much better foundation for conversation with the really tough subjects, the really tough times, being able to be honest with each other about how we feel, what we want, what we want from the other person, all those things, what we're scared of, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. I think I've heard an, 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 an analogy along the same lines, you know, when it comes to lying, that a little tiny white lie never hurt anyone. However, that little white lie grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it does start to hurt people. All communication follows that same pattern. In correcting our own communication, actually saying things the way we want them, that's where the power is and it sets up a beautiful foundation for you creating the future that you want saying things the way you want them and that you know that also that moves into the idea of moving away from focusing on the negative as well which you know what I don't want to take up too much more time with this 
So I'm going to leave it there. And next, when I come back, we'll talk about what happens from a neuro, neuro from a neurology sort of sense, or from a linguistic point of view, what happens when we focus on what we don't want and the the negations and, and negatives in our language. We can talk about that. If I can get my foot out of my mouth and my tongue working properly, we're good to go. All right, it's been good hanging with you guys and I'll see you next time.